This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. So tonight, I want to talk about, and we, we, we got into it a bit last week, that the primary place where we stand against Satan's schemes, satanic schemes, is our mind and our emotions. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses 3 through 5. Paul was writing the church, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Our minds, really, if you think about it, you, depending on how long you've been a Christian, I think you've, you've figured out this one thing. You can, you can have a very genuine experience with the Lord and, and then still have problems in your thoughts and problems in your emotions. And that's a very real thing. If you don't realize that, the enemy will convince you that you're just messed up. And there's no help for you because you're, you're just you're messed up. One of the, one of the things we'll, we'll talk about in this, in this series is we have to expose the enemy is lies, so you can deal with them. But if he's got you convinced that you're messed up and all the doctors have told you that you're messed up, your family's looked at you and said, you're, you're just messed up. Your mama was messed up. Grandma was messed up. It, you come from a messed up family. But we may chuckle at that, but unfortunately, that is too much of the truth in some people's lives. There's been, you know, Alan, I just... Our family, whole family, full of anxiety. Or our whole family, man, we argue and fight all the time. That's, that's, that's just who we are. And here's the newsflash. Who you are does not determine who you have to be. And, and so, but you need, to, you need to be able to expose those thoughts and those lines. So when he's talking about thoughts and emotions, our minds are the control center. And so even though you, you can be a Christian, you still have problems with, with your thoughts in mind. Yeah, I went for a long time. I never forget. I, I went for a long time thinking, man, I, I just gave my life to the Lord and everything's going to be wonderful. And for a while there seemed like I just didn't have any problems. And all of a sudden, some of the same temptations I had before I knew the Lord kept coming up in my life again. And I was so shocked. And the, the enemy, a lot of times, he'll step in right then and begin to tell people, see, you had that thought. You're a horrible person. Or you're really not a Christian. If you're a real Christian, you wouldn't think that way. I know I'm the only one that's ever had that thought, so it, in, <laughs> indulge me in this therapy session here as I share it with you. If you're a real Christian, you wouldn't think that way. And, and so, again, we have to be able to do something. So we deal with false perceptions, we deal with lying emotions, we deal with confusion. And when we deal with these things, we have the ability to do something about them. We have God's help. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means they're not fleshly but they're mighty in God. Someone said, well, what about psychology? Listen, I'm all for psychology if it helps you. I just don't think that psychology always has to be the final answer. I believe there's spiritual weapons that can do even more. Say, are you against psychologists? No, no, dear Lord, no. I, I'm for anything that helps people. When my daughter was going through a really traumatic time, it was a couple of good Christian psychologists that talked her off the ledge but then she will tell you what brought lasting help to her is when she cracked open her Bible again and got into her Bible 
and begin to get the hope that, hey, just because I've been diagnosed with this doesn't mean I have to stay that way. So, you know, I always have people say, you know, my, my, my doctor, my psychologist, listen, I'm all for anyone who wants to help people. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be the last word. And so, as you're looking at these things, we have to understand that we have the ability, we have the ability in God to deal with some of these thoughts. But we have to throw down and take captive thoughts and feelings and emotions. I'm going to read this to you again. You don't have to put it up there. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. That's, a, that's an aggressive term, against the flesh. The weapons of our warfare. Are, are, are you starting to see that Christianity is not just we're real sweet and one day we go to heaven? There's some warfare involved. There, there's conflict involved. They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. There are areas of, and patterns and thought patterns that have been set up in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds that have to come down. They can be fear. They can be rejection. They can be fear of, of failure. They can be all kinds of things that if they are, you say, well, Alan, how do I know if it's a stronghold? If you've got something that just constantly loops around in you, maybe it's a fear of making a mistake or a or a, a fear of being rejected by people, and it drives you, then you have to want to, then you want to pray, Lord, is that a stronghold in my life? But if it is, say, Lord, thank you. It is not going to stay. It can come down. You're there, you're really quiet tonight. <laughs> are you wet or are you just listening? Oh, okay. All right, good. You're like in both. All right. So the idea is. We can't allow some thoughts to run free and take up residence in our hearts and minds. Now, the, the ones that are crazy thoughts, we pretty much can recognize those. You've heard me talk about this. Ever been driving over just a bit like one of those big bridges like on I-10 and like the Mississippi Bridge? you got some big, there's one in, um, they're all in Louisiana. <laughs> well, Lake Charles, that's it. There, there's, have you ever been driving along a bridge and all of a sudden this thought goes, drive off the bridge? You're like, no, you're crazy. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. People have thoughts like that. But how many of you know, when you, when you get a thought like that, you go, oh, that's a crazy thought. That's, that's a, how many of you reckon, stupid thought, right? You, you, you're like, no, that's not. Or, or you're sitting in there, maybe you're, you're, you're paying for some food and, and there's money on the, on the cash, money lying there. And the thought comes, you could take that. That's not the Lord. <laughs> and and here's, here's another, a lot of times it's not you either. And, and so we have to recognize there's thoughts all coming around there. The idea is we, we have to begin to recognize them and capture them and get rid of them. Uh, over a year ago, Joy and I just redid our whole house. We moved out. We lived there for 19 years, never done anything. We still had Formica in there. I kept waiting for it to come back. It didn't count. <laughs> so we moved out. And, and for a while, they were staying in Joy's mom's house. And or she was gone, <laughs> which is always advisable. And uh, <laughs> she, yeah, I'm in trouble now, aren't I? <laughs> my my mother-in-law's not here, and she loves me. Um, Joy was, was, I was at work. Joy was, heard the dog barking outside. She let the dog out to go to the bathroom. He, she saw him barking. She's going back in the house. She steps up, and there was a copperhead right between her. Really, big one. 
And uh, th then my vicious poodle decides he's going to act like he's going to attack the dog, which would have ended in certain death for the poodle. And um, so Joy's trying to get them, and, and Joy hates snakes. It runs in the family. I hate snakes. Say, so, Alan, you have a fear of snakes? I have a healthy, healthy respect for them. Um, and she, she stepped back. I mean, it was coiled up, ready to, ready to strike. But she left the door open. And she ran around to get away from the snake. She came back, she said, the snake's gone. <laughs> like, door's open? She said, door, door was open, honey. She said, I don't know if that snake's in the house or not. I mean, no, that will just mess your whole day up. <laughs> if you think there's a snake in the house. And so I, I, if I got up to do anything, anything, I'm, I got, you know, thank God for smartphone flashlights, man. I got that thing. I'm, you can't go anywhere without thinking, there's a snake in the house. How many of you know snakes in the house are no bueno? <laughs> there are some thoughts that are worse than snakes in the house. And they, and they need to be caught. And they need to be, and this was what Paul's talking about. He said, you have to begin to take those thoughts captive. You have to capture them and go, no, 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 wrong thought. Have a, you get a pain in your arm ever, or pain somewhere in your body. Ever had the enemy say, it's cancer. You're going to die. You need to, you need to deal with that thought. Say, so, no, no. But long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. That's a tormenting thought. Guys, things that torment you and harass you and confuse you are not the Lord. I need to say that again. Things that harass you, torment you, and confuse you are not the Lord. And he's, and Paul is talking, he's like the weapons of our warfare. He said we have to begin to cast down. That word actually is a very violent meaning. It means to throw it down. And there's some thoughts and things that we have to, to throw down. Uh, Here's one, and feelings. You can pertain to feelings too. In, in 1 Corinthians 1, it's 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anybody, if you don't know that verse, that's a great one to put on your refrigerator. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, have you ever just missed it, and you know you missed it, and you ask the Lord, say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I missed it. I, 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 I confess that before you. I ask that you forgive me. It's real simple. You don't have to make it formal. You just say, Lord, thank you. Have you ever done that and then felt like you were not forgiven? And you'll hear people say, well, I asked the Lord to forgive me. Well, did he forgive you? You go, well, no, I, I just don't feel like this. Listen, you can't take a feeling and exalt it over God's word. If he said he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, he's not like your relatives that won't forgive you. <laughs> well, when you, I might forgive you sometime. And, you know, and people have grown up that way. You know, I'll get around to it. Or maybe, or maybe you had parents that wouldn't talk to you for a while. When you messed up. You ever get the silent treatment? <laughs> Called my mom one day. She was mad at me one time. Very mad. And this was, I'm a full-grown adult. 
and um, I called her, and she said, hello? I said, hey, Mom, it's me. She went, oh, here's your dad. <laughs> I looked over Joy. I said, Mom's mad. Um, aren't you glad God's not that way? If we confess our sins, if you mess up, you make a mistake. If we confess our sins, he is, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what do we have to do? The thoughts come, you're not forgiven. You don't feel forgiven. God didn't forgive you. You gotta, you gotta show penance. You gotta do something. You gotta keep show. Now listen, this is where you have to take that thought and go, Lord, I thank you that you have forgiven me and I am forgiven. And I can just, regardless of how I feel about it, feelings, emotions, thoughts, we have to, we're constantly bringing them in captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we're, we're capturing, say, I don't if, if I did that, you know, I, I, that's all I would do all day. No, we become more and more aware of the thoughts that, we're, that are coming against us, the thoughts that we're dealing with, and then we begin to deal with them. Now, let me, um, Peter, let me talk about Peter, I'm going to show you this. Peter, 1 Peter 1.13. He said, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That, that word gird up actually means um, they would wear these long robes. And it was talking about a runner. And they would take the robes and tuck them into their, their belts so that they could run freely. It was gird up. It was not just a, hey, y'all tighten up. It was a, it was a, a phrase. Gird up the loins of your mind. They would, runners would tuck those things in so they could run unhindered. So what, what, what Peter's saying is, guys, you've got to begin to, to, to gird up those thoughts. You've got to tighten up in those thought areas. You just can't let your mind run anywhere. You can't let it go anywhere. Gird up anything that would hinder your ability to walk with God. So the thoughts that come. How many of you know that thoughts can have a huge impact on your behavior and that they can have a huge impact on your life? Years ago, I, I ran track and uh, I'm, I'm going to shorten this story for time. I, I, I ran track, and I, I, two weeks uh, prior to, my, to the finals, I ran in a semifinal race where I'm at some of my best times. I was a sprinter, about 12 years old. When I, when I got to the finals, I wasn't running against 12-year-olds. They had bumped me up in an age group. I had to run against 12- and 13-year-olds. Sometimes there can be a huge difference between a 12-year-old boy and a 13-year-old boy. And everyone I was running against Looked like they were shaving twice a day. <laughs> and I remember they were these big guys, they were start, they'd already hit puberty. They were starting to, to really develop. And, and I went down there to run with them. And I saw them. And I can tell you right now, my heart sank. You, you know what I mean by that? I saw them and I went, oh, dear Lord. I thought, I'm going to get my tail kicked. And I sure enough, I lined up with those guys. I, I, I still remember it. They're just, it was row after row of hairy legs. <laughs> and me with my two hairs on an ankle. And, you know, and all these guys had deep voices, and my voice was still squeaky. Now, here's, here's what happened. 100-yard dash, same distance as I ran two weeks prior, and I ran the worst time I'd ever run. The worst time. Well, what happened? Did I physically? Nothing wrong. It was in my thoughts. It was in my thoughts. Listen. Athletes know you've got to have thoughts that are right. If you, have a, if you have a coach, you never get a coach on a football team or a basketball team that go, okay, get all the hands in here. Let's get the hands in. Go, guys, they're big. They're a lot bigger than us. 
They're going to kill us, but I love you. <laughs> Give it your best shot. Uh, survive on three. One, two, three, survive. <laughs> you, you got a coach like that? You're, mo- you're going to get him out of there. You, you need a coach that steps in there and goes, guys, I'll tell you something. They have no idea the fight we've got. And they have no idea what's in us. So I, 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 want, you, I want those boys knowing they've been in the ball game when this is over. Let's go. Why? Because you know your words are going to have an impact. Your thoughts are going to have an impact. Athletes know that. They think. Golfers visualize. Christians, what we do is we begin to bring our thoughts in obedience with what God's word says. And it gives us, and so it begins to affect our thoughts. You say, Alan, isn't that positive thinking? Yes, it is biblically based positive thinking. So we begin to base our thoughts on what God's word has said about us. Does that make sense? And it just means our thoughts. So we just don't allow our thoughts to go anywhere. We, we catch emotions and we just don't stop saying, well, you know, I'm just an emotional wreck. I'm just an emotional wreck. I'm just, an, no, I'm going to bring those emotions in and I'm going to be able to control them. Because here's one of the biggest lies the enemy will tell you is you can't help yourself. These thoughts are just going to go and there's nothing you can do about them. And yet the scripture we just read said, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty in God. And we can pull some strongholds down and we can catch some thoughts captive. What do you mean catch them? I mean, you're going to have some thoughts go in your mind. You need to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? No. I won't ask how many have ever been to a place where they have a bouncer. (laughs) Let's look straight ahead. Some of you know exactly A bouncer, you know what a bouncer does. A bouncer stands there at the door and you go walking in. He goes, whoa, who are you? Um, I I know some friends in there. And a lot of times these bouncers will stop you at the door. We need to do the very same thing with our thoughts. Here comes the thought of you're a failure, you're a nothing, you're a nobody. You need to go, whoa, whoa. The bouncer of my mind just showed up and said, who are you? Uh, I'm a lying thought from the devil. You're going to stop right there and you're not going to go any further. So, Alan, that, that sounds a little extreme. Well, it's extremely helpful when the negative thoughts begin to assail you and come at you. Last week, I, uh, I, I'm going to give you an idea of what I mean by tying up some loose, loose ends, um, loose thoughts. Last week, I shared a story with some of you who are here. How many of you have heard the story about the, the girl in the gym who came after me. I, I can tell you, every time I, I tell a story like that, it bothers some people. They're like, I wish Pastor Allen wouldn't tell stories like that. <laughs> some people need the idea that a pastor is perfect. Um, wrong church. But we also don't operate under that illusion. But here's, here's the problem. The fact is, I mentioned something that was a temptation, and, and people think that's, oh, you were tempted. Uh, I, I wasn't in a bar. I wasn't in a strip club. I mean, don't come out of a strip club going, I am so tempted. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you, you need, 
I'm down here for prayer after this is over. You need a lot of prayer. But, but, let, me, let, me, but let me address that. So here, here's what I'm talking about in taking thoughts. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, did you just catch that? Jesus, it says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read because the sin is not in being tempted. Jesus was tempted, but he didn't sin. But what happens is oftentimes with Christians is they're tempted and, and they go, an enemy goes, ah, oh, you're a horrible Christian. They're like, yeah, I, I, was, I was tempted, yeah. To do, you're a horrible Christian. You might as well give up. You might as well throw in the towel. Jesus was tempted as we are, yet without sin. So we believe that he is understanding. He's not disgusted with us when we are tempted. The sin is giving in to temptation. But this is why we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Now listen to me. So many, see, a lot of times people feel so bad. Well, I'm tempted. I, I'm tempted to sin in this. Listen, when you're tempted to sin in an area, that's not the time to run away from God. That's not the time to hide. That's not the time to feel disgusted. That's the time to say, Lord, I am coming boldly to your throne of grace. This is a problem area for me. I need your help. I need, I need grace that you can find mercy. that you could find mercy and grace to help in a time of need. L listen to me. You get tempted. I was, here I was, young lady, came after me. That comes after your pride. That comes, listen, you're, you're still a man. That comes after that. So you, you start thinking. And I found myself thinking thoughts that were wrong. But I caught it and said, that's the enemy. I'm not thinking those thoughts. Lord, I said, help me with this. That's not when you run away from God, guys. That's when you run to him. Some people, when they get under pressure, they have a tendency, they'll go to alcohol, they'll go to drugs, they'll go to pornography, they'll go a lot of different avenues. Sometimes it's shopping. And it's, it's listen, when you're under pressure and you're feeling tempted, that's the time not to go feel horrible, I'm a horrible Christian, I know God is disgusted with me, that's the time where you say, Lord, I, oh, this is tough on me. This, this hit me, this caught me. Lord, I, I need your grace and I need your mercy to help me. Sometimes you feel like all the pressure in the world is just building up on you. Say, Lord, I need your grace and I need your mercy. And he's there in time of need. He's not going to disgust, he's not disgusted with you. He's like, oh, are you having problems again? He's right there to help free you from that, right there. And that puts a whole nother, whole nother thing on temptation. Now listen, you say, well, I'm, Alan, I'm having all these problems with temptation. One of the best ways to deal with temptation is to starve it. Don't, don't face, so like I said, when I went back in the gym the next night, I, I think, and, 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 and she was there, my ring finger was real prominent. <laughs> I, didn't even go, I didn't even go her way. I didn't look her up. 
I didn't try to explain anything. I just waved my wing, ring around like. <laughs> There's temptation. You know, I'm not going to go to, hey, I need to talk to you like I was tempted. And <laughs> no, that's not, no, that's not dealing with temptation. That's fishing. You're fishing. Don't fish. I'm just so tempted because I talked to my, you know, high school boyfriend and we haven't talked in 30 years, but, you know, we were just talking. You're fishing. <laughs> Ask the Lord to forgive you to step away from that. Best way, sometimes the best way to deal with temptation is just starving. I've got a problem with lust. Are you going to strip clubs? Yes. Stop. <laughs> Need to monitor your internet at night? Stop. I just feel like it's driving me. That's when you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want this in my life. I'm coming to your throne of grace. Does that make sense? These thoughts. This, guys, this is where the battle is. The battle's not in church and we're all sitting out laughing and talking. The battle's when you, get, when you get in your car. And those thoughts come about that person at work that did you wrong. You just start thinking thoughts of, I'm going to get them back. You start thinking about, how are you going to get them back? And you envision, they're going to come up to me and they're going to say this. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> and then they're going to say this. And then I'm, bam, I got it. Oh, light them up. I don't even know those thoughts. <laughs> that's not the Lord sitting in the truck with you going, now that's a good thought. Have that thought. <laughs> does, does, does that make sense? This is, gosh, this, this is a huge topic. And I'm halfway through my notes and we're done. <laughs> but you listen so well. This, this is... You know, this is Christianity uh, where the rubber meets the road. And it's the, it's the idea that we, we've got things that, that we have to deal with. And they're often in the thoughts and the emotions. Can I continue it next week? Will you be okay with, with that? I'll talk a little bit more about this. What we're going to talk about next week, what I'm going to get into next week is, I'm going to be talking about some of the weapons that we can use against thoughts. And, and the key one is this. It's the belt of truth. That's where Paul starts. He said, your loins girded about with truth. And so we're, we're going to talk about it. it's, it's truth that sets us free. Thank you for listening so well. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? If you happen to come here tonight and, and, and you're saying to yourself, you know, Alan, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord, but I want to, I want to have that. Or you're here tonight and you say, I, uh, I used to walk with God, I really did. And I got so far away from him and I... I I'm, I really want to come back. I don't know if he'll take me back. The answer is yes, he will. He will take you back. And, and so we're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up or come down to the front. But in your chair, in your seat, and in your heart, this is a decision that you can make that can really change things for you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And, and no one's looking around. I'm the only one looking around. But if that's you that I'm talking to, I am going to ask you to do one thing. I'm just going to ask you, if you say, Alan, I... I really want a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure I have one, or I, or I know I don't have one, but I want one. Or I, I've, want, I've been away and I want to come back. I, I, would you pray for me? If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up and be willing to acknowledge that. 
Say, Alan, that's me. Thank you. Appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. Hands up all over. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah. In the back? Got you. You put your hands down. We're going to pray. Now, if you didn't lift your hand and you were thinking, I really wanted to do that, listen, you can pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it with you out loud as the whole church family. And you pray it too. Pray it so you, that you can hear yourself. What the heart man believes. But the confession is made unto salvation. So let's pray this out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, is the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. The heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer tonight. For those who have come in to the kingdom, and for those who've come back. We rejoice with them. Father, I also pray tonight for all of us here. All of us deal with thoughts. All of us deal with emotions. All of us deal with things that are hindering our walk with you. Help us uncover those and throw them down and walk in the freedom that you determine. Thank you. That's a process we'll be doing for the rest of our life. But thank you. Help us make those steps. And thank you. We have the capacity, the ability to do it. And we're grateful that the weapons of our warfare are mighty in you. Thank you. We leave as the mighty ones. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.